Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope that you are doing very well. Obviously, absolutely packed episode as we uh, await for Roma to commence their city uh, campaign. The wait is over. Finally here, the Jose Mourinho era is ready to begin. Unless, of course, you want to dive into and count the uh, Europa Conference League match. I've made my feelings clear on that. But they won nonetheless, which is great. So very quickly, before we get into everything thank you to our newest patron over at patreon michael domino and of course to all of our other wonderful patrons who make this show possible so andy is still out traveling the globetrotter uh, is still out there venturing somewhere in europe so he could not join me today so instead i will be joined by scott monroe and we will also be bringing back the falcona forecast we had him on last season going to continue that for this campaign as well. So um, let's get into everything. Let me bring Scott on now. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott, S-C-O-T underscore M-U-N-R-O-E. Scott writes for IS Roma 360 and for the Swindon Town Supporters Trust. I've been meaning to have him on here for uh, for a while now anyway, so this timing worked out perfectly. So let me bring Scott on now, and then just before the ending, uh, we will do the Falcona forecast once more. So here is Scott. Okay, Scott is here with me now to preview the season. So Scott, I know, having followed you on Twitter for a long time, that you are a fan of wrestling okay and I'm, I'm throwing this on on you blindly okay so um jose Mourinho, had he not been at roma okay this is a guy that isn't particularly popular uh, unless he manages your team so i i feel like this is the like the heel turn of the century i guess is that a fair assessment well i guess it wouldn't be a heel turn would it it would be going the opposite of that so be a face turn. A face yeah. turn, exactly. So, so <laughs> Mourinho is here. It's been, in my assessment at least, because I will get your opinion on this too. In my opinion, been a very good transfer market for Roma to date. I think Tiago Pinto has done fantastic work. So let's start this from sort of the backwards way. Prediction. Just right off the bat, and then we will get into specifics. But if you had to predict right now, and by the way, I hate predictions, um, absolutely despise them, yet I'm giving into it anyway. That way everyone can make fun of, uh, can make fun of us on social media as they tend to do uh, 10 months later, which is great. Um, I think Roma will finish in the top four. I, 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 really okay. do, I, I do have some hesitation about it. Um, I, I can't hide my disdain for this Europa Conference League thing. I think it is um, at best... A uh, an annoyance is probably the nicest or kindest way I can put it. So I do think that will wear on them a bit. Um, although, of course, there is the possibility of a European trophy. Although I don't know how much a Europa Conference League trophy would be viewed. I, I mean, I would still celebrate it. But anyway, nonetheless, I do think that will have some effect. But I do think they still have enough quality to finish in the top four. I think there are some things, as Mourinho has said the past few days, I do think that there is a midfielder with the particular profile missing 
somebody who has uh, sort of the characteristics of another Veritu. But I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. Um, where do you think, well, do they finish top four? And I haven't seen too many complaints on your timeline, at least that I've come across. So I'm going to assume then that you are fairly happy with what they've done so far this summer, yeah? Yeah, very happy. I, I put a tweet out last Sunday lunchtime saying I was really impressed what Tiago Pinto's done. Um, that's prior to the Tommy Abraham move because I think he was in Rome at the time last Sunday. I think he just flew in. Um, yeah, yeah. He's uh, to be honest, Pinto's done amazing work getting rid of so much dead wood and inflated wages off the wage bill. Um, I did my preview, my season preview through. AS Roma 360 today. I did it uh, this lunchtime, actually. I said fifth. I would oh, be happy with top oh, five. I'm sorry. Sorry, we're John. in trouble I mean, if I'm the pes- or if I'm the optimistic <laughs> one here. That is alarming. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I, uh, for those of us who didn't read it, wh- why do oh, you say not, that? It's not, it's not out yet. Oh, okay. I've, I sent okay. it out. Yeah. It'll probably be out tomorrow. Um, I just think with the distractions, if Roma go far in the Europa Conference League, um, I said if Ro- if Jose takes it as someone who would put out the Primavera side in some of the games, or would he take it like seriously and think of a trophy at the end of the season, which would look nice next to the bonsai tree, which was won in 2019. Um, but I, I think I don't really see the real Roma until next season, where I think everyone's fitted in and he gets his players that he wants to sign. So I wouldn't, like, top five would be perfect for me. If we get top four, I'm running around Swindon in May 2021, absolutely delighted with with a top four position. I will make a video doing the Champions League anthem and celebrating. Mm. Well, uh, my gosh, okay. I thought for sure you would say top four. Uh, so you just echoed something that Mourinho has said in the previous two press conferences. He said it after uh, Roma, they won in Turkey, and then he said it today before they face uh, Fiorentina, that he really won't have, and you, I'm doing the air quotes, his team probably mm. until next summer. So what what is his team in your opinion? What is missing for Ooh. Mourinho to have his team is it this midfielder that he seems so so desperate to have which listen i i i think of course roma could use some quality in the midfield but um maybe it's just more so the fact that they have so many names in the department already it's kind of hard to envision another name arriving but clearly just by way of going after jaka yeah he he seems to have a, a particular profile that he likes and that he considers to be missing. Um, I guess from my point of view, though, is an extra midfielder who is, of course, quality, is that really changing my outlook one way or the other as to where they would finish? Like, you just said fifth, okay? So let's say Tiago Pinto somehow manages to offload the professional barbecue champion Javier Pastore, and we free up enough wages... (laughs) To the point where we can acquire somebody of quality. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it, you know, it still is possible because I spoke with his agent a couple of days ago. Somebody like Torreira, 
Let's just okay. say let's just say Torreira comes in. He comes on loan because you were able to offload Pastore. Does acquiring Torreira though does that really alter your perception on what this season would be? I guess I guess I'm just curious as to. Okay, we don't think he will have his team until next season, but what does that look like, and how much of an overhaul would that really require? Maybe two, maybe three extra bodies. I'm thinking maybe another number ten, and maybe a left-sided, another left-sided attacker. Um, oh no, you don't I'm... like El Shadawi. I do like Al Shrey, but I don't think he's had the best of pre-seasons. Um, I watched the majority of the preseason. The only game I missed was the Belenenses game because I was working from home and I think it was a 12.30 p.m. Uh, Central European time kickoff. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not keeping an eye on that while yeah. working from <laughs> <Thanks> home. <anyway. laughs> it's, no, it's no risk. Um, maybe a, a left side in. And number 10, um, I, I do like Lorenzo Pellegrini, but I do agree with some other people I've seen on on social media. Would he really fit into a, a Jose forty-three-one? Would he? Because you could either play Zaniola as a number ten, but you're taking away his physicality from the right hand side, which he was so good under the latter part of his 2019-2020 season under Fonseca. Um, oh, Central midfield role. He's been linked with what? Uh, Anguitha at Fulham. Uh, I, I remember he wasn't in the Fulham squad last weekend. I don't know if I think either Fulham played today or tomorrow. I haven't kept abreast of the the championship scores as I was keeping an eye on Swindon's win at Salford. But um, I do like the name uh, the name that was linked. I don't know if you can probably you're probably or cold, very cold water over it. Um, Sabitzer from Red Bull Leipzig. Mm. I would I love so. him. Yeah. Can I, I? I don't want to be the downer, but can I pour cold <laughs> water on that? I, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not it. going to yeah. happen. Um, there's two names that I think are feasible at this very moment. I think um, Colt Miners, who yeah, this Marseille. this guy, I, you know, I... I his, I, I've spoken with his agent so much throughout the summer. It, it's it's such a weird situation because he was close to Roma. Then he was on the brink of Atalanta. Then it came back to, well, is Roma still a possibility? They never closed it. So he's in a very odd situation, but he's made it clear he wants to leave. Uh, admittedly, again, I didn't watch um, much of the Dutch league, so I can't really give a definitive analysis on this guy. Torreira, though. Uh, admittedly somebody I have been a supporter of for a long, long time. I really, really, really liked him when he was at Sampdoria. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah. In under Gianpaolo. Yeah, and maybe you could shed some light on this because again, I'm I am i am not uh, I'm not watching every single Arsenal match. Um, <laughs> Nor do know, I. <laughs> I. I was about to say I don't I don't hate myself that much. I have more self esteem than that. But <laughs> it, it seems like and I said this on a previous episode, but it doesn't really seem like his his issues are really linked to on the pitch. It just seems like environmentally he wants to just, it doesn't seem like he's settled because I've talked to a couple of Arsenal journalists and they've both told me the same thing. When he's played, he's been good, really no complaints. Uh, now, maybe I'm just talking to the wrong individuals. Uh, maybe I should turn on Arsenal Fan TV for a bit more of a 
bit so, more of a. Uh, if you if, if you want to laugh, I would, but not not to take him seriously. Well, of course, you're always going to get hyperbole one way or the other. Yes, but of course, yeah. It just seems like though his issues really don't seem linked on the pitch. It just seems he hasn't settled in the UK very well. And he's made it clear, even when he was at uh, Atletico Madrid last season, that he wants to either go back to Italy or South America. A player, again, that I really, really like, but I, I don't know if necessarily I'm saying, okay, well, I think they're going to finish fourth. If Torreira comes, maybe now they could finish second. Um, I, I, mean, I mean, for you, though, what would sway you to say right now, um, you predicted fifth, but if they wanted to finish fourth or third, what 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 does that require in your opinion? Is it not even necessarily linked to the market? Um, yeah, probably linked to the market, probably with an extra body in midfield, in that central midfield role, which we have talked about. And as I said earlier, a number 10, an actual number 10 who will stay in that attacking midfielder role and fire the bullets for Abraham, Zaniolo and Aldo up front. Um, if they can get that, because I don't think... Pellegrini will be is the, probably the right fit for Mourinho's number ten. You could probably see him go deeper and deeper, which will probably get you tearing your your hair out because I don't think he's the right probably fit for you in the centre midfield. I'm staying quiet. I'm I'm glad that you're <laughs> you're the one firing some criticism. I, I, I don't. I, I'm know. not allowed to level any against Pellegrini because I it means I hate uh, means I hate Roman players. I guess so. I'm just no quiet. no no. I just think with him. I think he's a good footballer. I think he's got excellent abilities on the ball. I just think, just play the simple ball. I, I was shout, I was shouting at my laptop on on Thursday while watching the game. On Thursday, I was thinking, just play the the, the simple ball. He did that so well for, I would probably say three four months last season, and then I think it was probably the season before. After the pandemic, he struggled. I think most players struggled after the pandemic and the restart because who in right mind will play 12 games in six weeks and playing three games a week is just absolutely killer on your body after no after a break for three months. I think if Jose can tap into Pellegrini just to break, just get the ball, pass it on, and maybe drift to, so you can get into a good uh, attacking positions he's got a player but I think as John probably just two extra players a perfect number 10 who can fire the bullets for the, the forwards and a a regista so Torreira would be fantastic cut miners from RZ who can actually play in central defence I've seen him play in central defence before like following the Dutch league we, we did have it over here in the UK looks like it's no longer here for this season at the time being. But uh, yeah, well, I, uh, we have the zone here um, because, well, okay. I go between uh, Italy and the United States, but yeah. I always access my Italian subscription through the, the zone. Um, I don't know how people do. You, do you have that in the UK? I, I mean, we for the first ten it. minutes, I saw a spinning bar trying to buffer for Inter Genoa. So I don't know what happened. Apparently, there were goals, but uh, that notwithstanding. Um, We've got BT Sport for the Italian football this Boy, season in the UK. Yeah, Come it's on, really good. Horn, Horncastle yeah. and Jimbo. Yeah, the the boys are back. Yeah, it's um, I you know I wish we had that, but no Sky Sport anymore. Um, I, I could go on uh, a rant about that for ages, but I'll I'll <laughs> save that for another time. 
Okay, so clearly you think they need more reinforcements. Um, that's fair enough. But as far as what has been done thus far, if we're analyzing the individual acquisitions, so we're taking Tammy Abraham, we're taking Vigna, we are taking... Um, why am I having uh, brain lapses when I'm trying to think of all of the Rui players? Patricio. Rui Patricio, Eldor, uh, Shomuradov. For me, I mean, this summer again, I, I, if I had to go on a scale of 0 to 10, I really don't know how you could give Tiago Pinto anything less than an 8. And yep. I know that they have spent a lot, but each of these guys, from an individual standpoint, okay, just individually, I really, really like um, the one that I have been trying to really on the podcast, at least not so much on social media, but really defend is Shamudadov because I subjected myself uh, in the latter stages of my Sky Sports subscription of watching more Genoa than is probably acceptable for one individual in a given time frame. He was the only individual that they had even remotely of quality in the last two months of the season. Mm. And he himself uh, he, like staved off relegation for them. He was the only player that they had worth anything. Uh, I was actually surprised by how many people were kind of indifferent is probably too light of a word, but I think criticizing, I can't really find a happy medium of the correct term that I want to use, but it, it just seemed like people were not so thrilled maybe about his arrival. I was ecstatic because again, what I saw from him with Genoa was fantastic. When I take each of these player by player, I think they've done really, really well. You said that Tiago Pinto has done good this summer. Mm. From the from an individual stand from an individual standpoint, we can talk about the sales momentarily because he's done just as good there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, outgoing with the incoming business. From an individual standpoint, though, how do you like each of these guys that has arrived? Because I, I think they fit profiles exactly what they needed. Yeah, completely agree what you said, spot on. Um, I would probably say an 8, 8.5 out of 10. He's done really, really well. Uh, isn't it 97.5 million euros it spent, is. including I, the correct. two redemptions of Roger Banyas and Brian Reynolds? You are correct, it's, it's, yes. Yeah, the most in the city are. Uh, it's, it's, it's what, what you got have to do to get potentially a top four, don't you? Um, mm. Yeah, really, really impressive with what's been going on. Um, I think the one for me is Mateus Vigna. Um, me and Sam on La Magicast talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've only seen him twice, and that's the twice in the Roma shirt uh, in the friendly uh, last Saturday, last Saturday night, and on Thursday, and um. He was fantastic in both games, especially on on Thursday night. Um, apart from the dive, um, which was horrific. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> but I'm glad <laughs> you like, did. Please, please don't. Um, but I thought he kept Javinia really, really quiet in yes. that game. Um, I've been really impressed. He looks very composed on the ball and very direct in his attack. Um, I did a, a Palmeiras fan tweeted me saying you're really lucky to have him. I was thinking, bloody hell, we've got one here, haven't we? Because mm. he only and he only just joined from Nacional a year before, yeah. Right. So me, me and Sam were talking about him. He's really impressed. Um, Aldo Shamardorov, really impressive as well. I think I'm joining the bandwagon 
really happy with his signing. I think he scored, is it five in his last seven appearances yes. last season? Correct. In- including that double against Atalanta. I did some research yesterday. Um, I put him as one of my top five to watch out for this season in Serie A. And yeah, um, scored a really good goal against Betis. The goal he took took well on Thursday because well, it hit the crossbar, did it? And it come back to him. Right. And he just instinctive finish. Um, really intrigued to see what Tammy Abraham does in Italy. I think it, it will take him time. But what, when I saw him over here in the UK, he had a really good se- two seasons with Bristol City and Aston Villa in the championship. Did really well when called upon for Chelsea, but I think last season he sort of struggled. He took the infamous number nine shirt, which is I think he's got a bit of a hex at the moment at Chelsea. So Lukaku's taken that this season, I think, and so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, really really impressed to see with what is going on. Really intrigued to see what how we will adapt to Serie A. Um, Rui Patricio, I did see a bit of him last season. I think. He, He's always commendable in what he does. I think he's going to be like Mr. Reliable for this season for Roma. Um, he did have a few shaky moments in pre-season. I saw some fans go on social media. I was like, calm down. It's pre-season. Everyone's rusty. It takes it takes time to get used to stuff. Um, I'd never take pre-season um, seriously. Neither do um, I. Neither do I. It's just all about fitness, but yeah, been, he's like made some really good saves in a couple of games, especially against Porto, where Porto I think were a couple of weeks ahead of Roma in preseason because their season started two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, but really impressed on what Thiago Pinto's done, um, especially with the outgoings, which I'll, we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I, well, let's get on that because you know I think coming into this summer, we all sort of knew those of us who didn't get too anxious and weren't uh, setting our, our our hair aflame when they didn't acquire anybody by June, I was trying to warn, listen, they have to get into the next financial year anyway. Nothing's going to happen before the 30th of June because of the balance sheet. I, like you, I have been so impressed that Tiago Pinto has been able to place guys that we thought would require some sort of payoff you would have to pay them to go away, buy out a, a certain figure of their contract. The fact that he has been able to find solutions for guys like uh, Florenzi, um, he's closing in on a deal for somebody like Ante Choric, who seems like more of a fictional character at this point than an actual footballer. I mean, some of these guys that are just the island of lost toys of Ramon Monchi, it, it's, it's quite quite amazing yet said at the same time but nonetheless the fact that Pinto has been able to find solutions where we didn't think there were any solutions to be had I think that in and of itself is quite an indictment of what we have here and I listen when they were going for Patricio and Vigna in the early stages I saw people saying oh no do we have another Ramon Monchi on our hands and even in the moment I'm going what are you what are you talking about that Horrible comparison, absolutely mm. horrible. Uh, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty now, obviously, but I just hate that sort of way of thinking so early in a market. But I know we've already talked about it, but he has been absolutely sensational, and I think we really needed that too. 
because we're coming off a really weird when did when did Sabatini leave 2016 that seems like yeah 16 yeah oh my word so we're going on half of a decade yeah I mean it has been quite half of a decade this this has been really weird I we have uh Masada this guy who doesn't really talk at all you have Petraki who starts working for Roma while he's still employed by Torino going to meet um he, he's at the, he's at Fiumicino going to fly out to meet for Paolo Fonseca he's crashing into the locker room uh in the dressing room during halftime at Sassuolo and then he sends Palot a pretty crude and rude message so he goes away and then there's that guy in between who I, I can't even utter his name sometimes without getting a physical reaction what he did should be uh, akin to a war crime but he feels like Scott, the the exact kind of guy that they needed. Um, selfishly, I hate that he doesn't talk. I mean, I'm sure everybody can realize by now he's a pretty soft spoken mm. guy. Uh, I mean, I thought, okay, I got hold of his Italian mobile now. This is going to be great. I'm going to have an open line to him. Won't say a word. Uh, but you know what? I love that. I, I really do because this is the guy, the steady, quiet, calm figure that I think they needed after I can't even believe it's been half a decade since Sabatini but my word we just needed some some calmness in that role a role that it seemed in the moment when they brought some of these guys I think we all thought even with Monchi didn't we all think wow this is this is really smart but then we saw over time what transpired and again with hindsight uh, being our being our ally in this case we realized it was bad but at this moment early so early in his tenure i am i'm thrilled with tiago pinto i don't mean to drool but i'm i'm sure that you're just based on what you said previously it sounds like you agree with that like you 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 really really like everything he's done thus far that's fine. Yeah, he's had a really, really strong start to his his tenure as what was it GM? Is it general manager? Is his it's title a really well? weird title because yeah. there's a, we don't use that in Europe. General manager. No. It's a director. Of, we use director of football over here in the UK. Yeah, I write yeah, director sort of, of football. I don't use general yeah. manager. It's a hybrid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's strange how it's different to what because initially they've got coaches and over here they've got managers. But hey ho. Who are who are we going to disagree with? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, really, really impressed. He's got got rid of some deadwood, as we like to say. So was it Paulo Lopez, Chengis, uh, both gone to Marseille. It was good to see Chengis scoring two two out of two in in France. Yes. Um, I don't think Paulo Lopez has been on the pitch yet. I think it's been Steve Mondonda, but um, well, he's, uh, so he's got the shoulder injury still. Uh, I always say he's still got a, yeah that old traffic. I always forget about that. Um. I do still think if he stayed on pitch, it could have been a different story, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> he was fantastic in that match, to be he fair. Was. He was. Um, so who else has gone? So they've still got Pastore. So Jacko's gone. Um, I, I did enjoy Jacko's time at Roma, but I did feel last season he was waning. Um, and I think, was it seven and a half million euros net seven a year? Seven and a half. And he wasn't... Of course, we all know he came before the growth decree, so he wasn't able yeah. to utilize that, or Roma weren't able to utilize that. So I think, I think for us fans, I think for both of us, that's a massive tick 
to get that off the wage bill. Um, oh, Bruno Perez and Morante and Juan Jesus got there. Was it the, the contracts ended? Correct. So, so who else has left? So Florenzi's gone. I oh. think you. I think you got it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Robin Olsen is looking to be. She- is it Sheffield United? It is Sheffield United. He's moving in. Uh, it, it's going to happen. I think within the next day or two. Um, he is already in uh he's actually in england at the moment so oh. it it should be happening soon i'm 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 eager to see what the figures are because his guys uh, they're not saying anything spin your passion into a business with shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. Uh, real quick, hold on. You just mentioned Jekyll. I know before we go on, there's there's more of the business that, that we could talk about for Pinto, but... Mm. <sighs> Again, you've probably watched way more of Tammy Abraham than I have. (laughs) I found it interesting that all of the names that were linked to this sort of uh, heir to Jekyll role, they didn't really have a similar mold. Each of them seemed to have different characteristics that they excelled at, which I found interesting. I I kind of, you know, it, it reminded me of Spurs. Uh, Spurs being after Paulo Fonseca and Antonio Conte at the same time. I, I, I guess I don't know how you, how you mesh those two together as far as styles go. But is is Tammy Abraham the right answer for for Roma in your opinion? Because based on everything I've seen and heard, it, it just seems like this guy has all of the quality in the world. And correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of just seems like he needs the trust of the manager and consistent playing time, and the rest will sort of fall into place because of how much quality he possesses. I think you're 100% spot on with that. Um, I saw, I think the most I've seen out of him was when in the championship seasons he's had with uh, Aston Villa and uh, Swansea and Bristol City. Uh, He did really well there. I didn't really see much of him last season with Chelsea because most of their games clashed with I think most of our games with Roman so I didn't get to see much of that but because and also Chelsea decided to play Timo Werner and Olivier Giroud up top so Olivier Giroud on up top I think Lampard and I'm forgetting who the Thomas Tuchel I forgot who the Chelsea manager was there for a second Um, the last two seasons were allowed to make mistakes because it's all been one giant it's all mixed together yeah, I think um, Tuchel trusted Giroud a bit more. So Abraham used to start on the bench. And I think I think what you said is agreeable. I think given the time, given the amount of time that he's allowed to adapt to Italian football, I think Jose will give him 100% love and just like go, just be yourself. And we'll, and hopefully, Rome will reap the rewards in the next couple of years. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. The the thing I also tried to warn about too is the adaptation part. Everybody seems to dismiss that so 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 easily. But a guy moving abroad for the very first time, I mm. I implore, 
I implore those of you who write the mean tweets on, uh, on, on social media to just g give him some time if it takes longer than you expected. Um, as far as anything else that needs to be done to the team, you talked about some of the other acquisitions. Where are, where are the biggest question marks for you within this Roma at the moment? For me, I, I, I just think, listen, you're bringing in a manager who tactically is, and I, I mean this in the kindest way possible, so far ahead of Paolo Fonseca, particularly, obviously, from a defensive mm. standpoint, that I think just by way of that, by playing a different kind of football, you're going to give yourself at least an additional nine points, maybe. Mm. Maybe I'm being too generous, but... No, nine, ten points is probably the right amount. Okay, so let's add that to their total from last season. I believe they're still out of the top four. Wasn't it 16 points they finished outside of the top four? Yeah, was, could... it six, was it 61 or 63 points they finished on last season? Yeah, I, I mean, it was a pretty... It's not as if we're talking a match or two, which I guess is the point in all of this. But mm. for you, though, when you look at this team from top to bottom, where are your biggest question marks, concerns? What what worries you about this team at this very moment right now? Just a few things. If you have, if there are a few things, maybe it's just one. I don't know. I pro probably it's just the the fitness of a couple of players. Um, I want to say Chris Smalling. Um, oh no! Sorry, yeah, his fitness oh, no. and, and injuries is is like. It's it's incredible. I mean, him yeah. getting injured, okay, three days before the start of the season, is it, so fitting to how things have gone for him. I do feel sorry for him because the first what eight months before the pandemic, unplayable. Oh, one of the best signings of that 2019-2020 season, hands down. But um, I think the without having a preseason last season, I don't think he had one at Manchester United. I think he was frozen out, and probably. The move, the protracted move, what did it take? 10 months, 11 months to agree? And oh, it was that, just, down to the last minute of that Monday in October. I, I can't even speak about that because that was the most cruel transfer saga. I mean, that was worse mm -hmm. than Jaka because at least we found out with that before the deadline, a healthy margin before the deadline, at least. Um, yeah. The rest of the defense, though, okay, yeah, I, I would say good. that's the biggest question mark for most people, given how badly they leaked goals last season, though. Mm. Um, now, they didn't do anything at central defender. Obviously, losing Spinazzola, particularly after the Euro he had, I I, I was devastated. Devastated. But it was, it, it was a horrible injury. Oh, I think it, yeah. yeah, he had a wonderful tournament. I mean, uh, if he didn't get injured, I think he would have got played at the tournament. Oh, absolutely. I think the same. He was, argu well, not arguably, I thought he was the best player for the Azzurri up until mm. the injury um, by a pretty healthy margin, too. Um, looking at these central defenders, I really don't know what to make of them because in hindsight, right, we do have to blame, whether we like it or not, we do have to blame some of the system of Paolo Fonseca, right? Because I, I feel like some of these guys were kind of set up not to fail, to fail. I, I, you know, fail might be a bit strong, but at least set up to maybe be more prone to mistakes. I just feel like he didn't do them favors. It would have no, been, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, 
play a bit more defensively. Don't allow Vera to, to just venture forward whenever he feels like it. I thought the lack of tactical discipline really affected them. But I guess I was more so puzzled when you have guys like Kumbula, uh, uh, Ibanez, even Mancini is still relatively young. Uh, you know, it's not like these guys are 28, 29, 30. I think that Fonseca in hindsight would probably go back and change some change things from a tactical tactical point of view. But what do you make of the central defender group? Because I, I, I feel like last season we couldn't really get that good of a gauge on what their true abilities and potential are. But maybe I'm just being too much of a defender of them. Uh, how do you feel? Um, actually, I don't mind the defense. I think, as you said, the, the way they were put out, it was like they were hung out to dry in a few games. Mm. I don't know if you would agree with me. Yes, as I, absolutely. The, La- the Lazio game at, her, uh, uh, sorry, at home, it's at the Olympico, but away, for, away from home in January where, oh God, I was watching behind, like with my, my hands on my face. I was just thinking, oh no, it, this could be horrific, but... Um, I think you have two pairings in central defence. I don't know if you've watched much of preseason. I think Mourinho has two pairings where he will play Mancini and Smolin and then Kumbula and Abanez together. Um, but then on Thursday, he he played Mancini and Abanez. I, Thomas, I think given the right coaching by Josie, I think you can get some really good players out of them. Also, I wouldn't mind seeing Mancini play in defensive midfield. I think me and you can agree with that going forward. I think he's got all the attributes to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that counterattack against Udinese, where he was at the heart of it, that still replays in my head when I'm watching matches like that one of Lazio, where it was, what was it, match over by the ninth or 10th minute, essentially? Yeah, Um, pretty much. it, it, It was pretty bad, but... Yeah, it is weird that he was never given another opportunity there. But as you said, I I really don't know what to gauge on what his preference is. Uh, You know, when he does discuss some of these guys, it seems like the one he uh, gushes over the most seems to be Ibanez. But I, I guess I don't really know what to read into it because he really hasn't tipped his hand as to what his preference is. No, do you feel with Abanez that there is a sellable asset there, and there's a player there for in about probably in about eight next eighteen to twenty four months that someone will make a massive offer and Roma will profit heavily on it. Oh gosh, sorry, you sorry are you are down. pessimistic. My word, I am. Um, well, watching uh, Italian football and watching football for twenty five years does that to me. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I will pose it to you this way. Um, I did ask Roma after they finalized this deal for Tammy Abraham. Financially, I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to the books because, uh, you know, when you're dealing with Roma now, even the most um, casual of supporters has to be somewhat adept to accounting now because of financial fair play and because mm, under Palotta, we've been so used to, you know, uh, counting every single euro that, that came across uh, came across our eyes. I asked them, okay, listen, I, I, I know we're in a weird space right now with the pandemic and there's talk of financial fair play sort of being uh, tossed aside. But you can't spend this much, okay, and not sell at least yeah. a couple of players. Where yeah. is that coming from? And 
they really didn't answer. They just said that's not a concern at the moment. I kind of thought that was odd because I also asked them, well, Friedkin has put in a lot of cash. For anybody who hasn't like analyzed the 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 the, the uh, financial statements that Roma put out every quarter, if you just look, yeah, listen, I'm terrible at math. My ADHD, I can barely uh, two plus two is difficult for me. Uh, when you look at these statements, the amount of cash that Friedkin has poured in, it's just not sustainable. Unless he has some sort of side business that is not um, subject to some sort of tax that we just don't know about. Maybe it's somewhere in the Cayman. Well, I think one of their uh, companies is registered in the Cayman Islands. But uh. Um, uh, Digital Bits, yes, that's who it is. They're registered in the Cayman Islands. Um I was going to say that Simpsons quote comes to mind with Krusty, <laughs> but go far. And also uh, about, I was going to say OnlyFans, but we all know what's happening oh, in the week. No. But we'll, we'll, stay, we'll, we'll stay quiet on that. <laughs> it, it is curious to me because, listen, I think we would all admit this summer has gone much differently than we all expected. Mm, I mean, if, if you would have been told, hey, hey Scott, Roma's going to spend 97 million euros this summer, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, well... Who was who, who out at that point? Zaniolo? Zaniolo? Right. Some, somebody. Yeah. Somebody. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Roma don't know, apparently, which I, I kind of don't believe, but that's what they're telling to me. So, yeah, you might be right about Ibanez, but it seems that Mourinho... And he this, loves him. Well, this is kind of the thing I wanted to ask you about before we go. When it comes to Mourinho, this is a guy who admittedly has no uh, has no issues throwing a punch uh, towards the club when he feels one needs to be thrown. Mm. Uh, for me, he's more uh, more blunt than Antonio Conte. I mean, we've seen it in the past two days. He's like, "Hey, we're missing something in the market. We need it. I asked for it. We didn't get it." Now he said it, of course, more politely. And today he was very complimentary of Tiago Pinto and the club and what they've done this summer. But he hasn't thrown any punches of making not making it known that he still needs some players here. Having watched him, okay, go from this guy at Inter who was on top of the world to Spain, back to the Premier League, in in the latter stages of which was very awkward. I I, hmm. so, I I still want to know what happened at Spurs because that just seems very odd to me to to sack a guy just days before you're about to play for a trophy, isn't that? I I forget which trophy though. Am I correct when I say uh, that? EFL Cup, so the League okay. Cup. Okay. Yeah, I was doing some I was doing some research on it this afternoon. Three days. It was two. I think it's three days after they last played Everton, which was a two-two draw. Okay, so I think we would both agree, particularly given that the club was Spurs, okay? That that seems a bit odd, right? That that just, uh, to me, that doesn't pass the... Um, there, there's some suspicion there, okay? And now he comes at a point where, and I said this when he was initially unveiled, I actually think Roma and him are like the perfect match for each other. Roma, they're coming off this horrible period, okay? Th these last few seasons have felt like a marathon of just crap. Uh, Mourinho, again, didn't end things in the Premier League in the most exciting of circumstances. So I feel like these two are like made for each other. This is not a club, unlike Manchester United, Chelsea, where he's going to be expected to win anything immediately. So you've been much closer um, to his time in the Premier League. 
what do you make of this guy? Because I, I feel like at least a part of me is still holding on to that uh, that guy who had so much charisma and character and just uh, balls about him when he was at Inter. But based on what, you know, every one of my friends in the UK has basically dumped on this move. And part of me thinks I'm I'm delusional, but maybe you can make me feel better about myself. Something is still there, right? Like we, 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 we are not crazy for thinking this. No, no, not at all. I don't think you're delusional. I think it's, I think most of us are probably quite skeptical about this um, because I feel, I feel probably Real Madrid may have broken him. I mean, a little bit. Do you reckon a little bit? Maybe because he had to play against that Pep team and, but then he had the redemption at Chelsea and then the redemption at Chelsea was fantastic they they played some really really good football but then that second season sort of uh, sorry that third season for when he went in he came in 2013 so they won it in 14 15 and then 15 16 was Ranieri at Leicester and he got sacked just before Christmas because I remember that because I was about to go to Rome and I found out probably two days before I left for Rome he got sacked and uh, I was thinking, oh, what's he going to bounce back with? Man United. He did well at Man United to get second place. But then I think the the, the following season, uh, was it him and Paul Pogba had a falling out and Luke Shaw. And I, I think he ostracized himself where some of the players and I think the tactics that they were playing just didn't really suit Manchester United. Then he got the Spurs job. I was thinking, OK. That so, seemed uh, odd from the start. Though, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think Spurs, Daniel Levy was a bit strange to sack Poch because Poch did so well the previous season to get them to a Champions League final. And yeah, it was very strange. And I think he got them to sixth post-pandemic. And he he did have a run up until February. I was looking earlier today where they they won, I think it was maybe seven or eight on the trot. But then the Dynamo Zagreb game where... They lost to a coach who's in jail for fraud <laughs> um, because of the, the Luka Modric <laughs> transfer from Dino Zaga to Spurs. And I think it was other transfers. I cannot remember his name. I, I was looking it up earlier. And then they lost to Arsenal and the Zagreb game. And they, they, I think they lost at home to Manchester United. So it just all forward to pieces um did you watch the documentary at all? i did I, that's why i was about to bring it up it just uh, seemed I like i haven't watched it so i can't really comment about what but i've heard some pieces about it i just think the fit was odd i yeah. think to sack him just days before playing for a trophy is odd none of it passes like the 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 the, the eye test it seems like there's more there that we just don't know about but even from the start i thought that was kind of like an odd pairing if i'm being Mm. quite honest um i correct me if i'm wrong but didn't he say in some interview that it was a mistake to accept that job i think he said something along the lines of that i think that was the gq interview uh with with gq portugal where he said more or less you know i accepted some roles or some jobs that i i probably shouldn't have done okay um when i heard that quote part of me goes oh no oh no (laughs) oh no um is he going to add us to that list but i i know that if you've watched a lot of the Premier League, it's easy to have a perception of this guy. And maybe you are right that 
working um, at, at Real Madrid did something to him. Yeah, Pep's team in that era will do damage to anyone. Well, right. That, I, I guess that's where I was going next. You know, even when he returned to Chelsea, this guy was winning against some top flight, uh, phenomenal teams. I mean, yeah. remember the one season when he returned to Chelsea, he was playing like a uh, playing with a 52-year-old Samuel Eto'o as the starting striker. He scored a hat trick against Manchester United. He did, he did. Um, and I just think now, this role, this job at Roma, I mean, it's not outlandish to say that this is far different than anything else he's accepted, right? But... He's well. A. He's going to be given more time. B. He's not going to be expected to win right away. But C. And this is sort of like the caveat to it all. This is the biggest challenge he's had since Porto, and we're almost at like two decades when we're talking about him at Porto, which in footballing years is you know more or less a century. Uh, do you think he has lost some of it? I. The thing is, everybody, and I've read, maybe this is just me reading too much on social media, but the general sentiment surrounding Mourinho now seems to be all negative, and it still just puzzles me why. Um, but you just said, I'm not delusional for thinking so, but you also expressed some apprehension. Is your apprehension linked to sort of his temperament and the environment, which of course I think is one of the most difficult in world football. I don't think mm. you would disagree with that. Is that where like your biggest concerns are? Yeah. So if, if he goes on like a losing streak, which many teams will go on, you know how fans and we've all been to Rome and you know how fickle football fans are in Italy. And like I said, the, the radio channels, the TV channels will probably talk 24 seven. And over here that Rome has got more publicity in two and a bit months than they have in the previous five or six years. Wow. And because it's just it's Mourinho. When uh Mourinho signed, I had Sky Sports News on in the background working from home and it was just manic coverage of Roma. And mm. um yourself was on Sky Sports News. Sadly <laughs> I, I missed that. So sorry. But yeah, it's it's strange. But yeah, there's a there's a little apprehension because of what has happened previously at, at Spurs, at his latter half at Chelsea and at Manchester United. But I think I think Serie A football is more suited to his style and his mm. tactics. We all remember what happened 11 and a bit years ago at Inter. Um, for us Roma fans, that we won't mention the season. But yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, we took them down to the wire. On an, any other day, Roma could have their fourth Scudetto and maybe a double, but it's football. But yeah, I just feel his tactics are more suited to the tempo of Serie A, not to the 100, 110 mile an hour mm. of the Premier League where it's gung-ho from the start so i'm intrigued to see what happens but there is a little apprehension but not as much as from other fans i've I've spoken to and on social media they win tomorrow right like this should be fairly straightforward yeah um i think they win i think it'd be maybe a little bit closer than everyone else is thinking i'll probably go say 3-1 um i do like what i do like italiano i think he's a really excellent coach and I think his philosophy on playing football is fantastic. It is. I think in, in his ideal world, he'll play with 
10 outfielders who are number 10s and the goalkeeper being a number 10. Um, I really do like the signing of Gonzalez, the Argentinian winger from VFB Stuttgart. He looks a really good player, but I do feel that Rowan probably will just edge it. Or not, not edge it. We'll probably win three one. Remember, we played them on the opening day in twenty fourteen and won two 0 yes. And Roma didn't really get out second or third gear that day. Sorry, that evening. Sorry, but I can probably see a convincing three one win. Mm. That probably that will probably come back to haunt me tomorrow evening no no it's not going to they're going to win i think it should be fairly straightforward um all right scott this has been great thank you so so much for your time uh we will do this again very very soon i i really appreciate it john thank you very much okay it is time for the falcona forecast before we leave so let's get into that now Okay, Mr. Falcone, the forecast is back. It is time. Take it away. The The, the platform is yours. John, thanks for inviting me back onto the podcast. Of Had a course. quick uh, summer hiatus, but the, the forecast segment is back uh, for some gilling picks. So I know you're as excited as I am. I think about the Serie A season getting, getting back underway. If you've been following me on Twitter, you guys, uh, you'll, you'll know that we had a product, pretty productive summer betting on the Euros. But, you know, Serie A's are bread and butter. We're betting on Liga. We're betting on La Liga. We're betting on Bundesliga, Premier League. But Serie A is really where, where we make our money. So, of course, you know, I'm about as fired up as every other Roma fan about Mourinho coming in our new summer signings you got Shemurdov, Abraham some of these guys super super excited about Roma's chances this year I think we'd take a huge step forward and that's why I'm predicting and the forecast model does agree with me that we start out fast and we get the win over over Fiorentina this week so it's actually one of the the forecast strongest plays this week and I like Roma on the money line minus 130 we're going to lock that up so around the league I'm liking the Samp Milan over they got to switch out their goalie. Their defense is still, I think, in flux a little bit for Milan. I think this could be a chance that this game goes over. Um, Dam's guard's in great form after the Euros. So I'm looking at those things. The, the, mod, the forecast model obviously does like it as well. So we're going to go probably Sampdoria, Milan over two and a half. In terms of the season, in terms of who I think is going to win this good, I think I really think Atalanta has, good, has as good chance as anyone. If you can still make a futures bet at this moment, um, I would probably take them. I think that you're going to get them around 10 to 1 uh, to win the Scudetto. Obviously, it's never ha- never happened before, but you know, Juve struggled a lot last year. Um, I don't know if their team's structured to to win the Scudetto again. Inter's obviously a complete disaster right now. Uh, we don't know how Inzaghi's going to do. Napoli, totally stale transfer market. I, I really don't think that, that's, that they're going to contend. In Roma, I think... We're probably still a year or two away from from having real Scudetto contention. Of course, that only happens every once in a blue minute anyway. So I think this is a wide open chance. Atalanta might be able to finally get it done and get over the hump and win the Scudetto. So if you still have a chance to get to get a futures bet in, that's where I'm that's where I'm putting my money. So super excited about this season. Again, if you're not following me on Twitter, um, it's at Falcon Forecast. I'm actually going to be I've actually expanded over the summer. Did some did some more work on it and i'm putting out picks for every basically every top five game every week as well as an over under pick for all those games so lots of lots of picks lots of leans for you guys to get after for your sports investing this season so sean thanks a lot for bringing me on i'm looking forward to another productive season well i i hope the forecast is right that would certainly be the ideal way to begin this new season under jose Mourinho. that would make everybody happy so have a great rest of the weekend we will chat in a few days until then ciao
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.